0: Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Christian Project. Today, I am joined by Diane Vroman. So Diane is actually a registered dietitian since 1996. Her and her husband, Matthew, are currently in Alaska, and that's where they have their their ministry. Um, And because she's a registered dietitian, we're going to be tackling the topic of sugar. So this is a question, a lot of questions here I'm getting from clients who have asked me questions about sugar, or I'm getting from a lot of misconceptions about sugar, and Diane is going to share her expertise with us. So before we start, I just want to share a statistic. The WHO says that as People, We shouldn't be having more than 50 grams of sugar per day. And yet the average American consumes about 80 grams or more per day because just one bottle of Coke is 39 grams of sugar. And then there was a cardiovascular researcher. Um, his name was James Di Nicolantonio. I hope I said that right. But this is really interesting. He shared a study where he compared rodents and their addictions with cocaine and sugar and he showed that the sweetness of sugar is actually preferred over cocaine and that mice experience some severe sugar withdrawal. He says that consuming sugar produces effects similar to that of cocaine by altering your mood, possibly through its ability to induce reward and pleasure, and it leads people to seek out sugar. And animals, it's more addictive than cocaine, and it's probably the most consumed addictive substance around the world, wreaking havoc on our health. So Diane, my first question for you is, what are the physical effects of consuming too much sugar on our bodies?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, One of the main, I think the main uh, effect is the obesity. Obesity obesity yeah it it um, in 1980 the rates of obesity were about 13.4 percent in adults okay and then uh, in 2008 it shows that it was 34 over 34 up to
0: 30.
1: wow um, and Haynes study in 2021 the rate is actually almost 42 percent of adults it's at
0: 42 percent
1: in the United States
0: yeah. Wow! It jumped up.
1: Yeah, and and when we look at why uh, the obesity in connection with sugar is around 1980, there was a shift. If you look at the food guide pyramid that we used, the bottom was all those carbs, and of uh-huh. course, carbohydrate containing foods break down into sugar.
0: Into and glucose.
1: Thing was uh, the push to eliminate uh, fat in our diets.
0: Yeah, Huge that was cushion. a big thing.
1: Fat-free, low-fat. So all these products came out as fat-free, these cookies, and and what do you replace fat with? You replace it with sugar. Sugar, when you bake with sugar, it actually gives uh, the moisture to that baked oh. product. So when okay. in the fat, they're adding more sugar. So when you look at those, uh, any kind of cookie, for example, just take cookies, When they took out the fat and they added more sugar, they might have been a few less calories, but people thought, hey, I'm getting rid of the fat and it doesn't really count. So people ate a lot more of that product. And the other thing that happened around 19 in the 1980s is you see so many more of those ultra processed foods. Right. They're really high in the calories, of course, uh, sugar. Salt, fat, everything went way up in that, in that time. So you Mm -hmm. see things contributing to obesity.
0: So how, how did that affect, how does that affect the human body? So much sugar and replacing it with fat even, or sorry, the other way around, replacing fat with sugar.
1: Well, well, and the opposite we're seeing now, there's so much, uh, just focusing on healthy fats. So mm-hmm. a lot of those healthy diets in the world where we're seeing people are living longer lives, healthier lives with less heart disease. A lot of them are really high in fat, for example, the Mediterranean. So low fat was not the answer to that problem. So when you place the sugar and sugar has a lot of effects on our body and there's a lot of, uh, it, it, there's so much, and I don't know if you were going into it, uh, with obesity, obesity has all of these other things that go with it and sugar contributed that because people are gaining more and more and more weight and obesity causes a lot of um all those other diseases it it contributes to Mm -hmm. diabetes
0: Diabetes.
1: heart disease and and um, gallbladder disease and i mean on and on and on there's so many things associated with obesity arthritis even higher oh. rate of illness like depression.
0: Wow. Even depression? Yeah. From sugar?
1: Well, obesity. <laughs> from with obesity.
0: Sugar. From obesity.
1: Sugars contributed to that. Yeah.
0: Well, it sounds like that can even turn into a, a little bit of a feedback loop because a lot of these people with depression or with these, these other physical health problems will tend to eat sugar because that gives them comfort. And so they're giving themselves comfort and then they're going back into this loop,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, th- okay. that's part of the thing with, um, you're touching on, you talked a little bit about the addictive nature. And it's funny that you said that because one study with rats, it showed that uh, they gave the rats Oreo cookies and it did affect the, the pleasure center more um, of those neurons firing in that center of their brain than cocaine. So that was an interesting that mm-hmm. you said. And, and interesting, it said even rats, um, they do like people do, they'll eat the filling first. Really?
0: <laughs> that's do. actually funny.
1: Yeah. Do you so, think they're
0: eating double stuff or are they eating the normal the normal Oreos?
1: Yeah, no, I I, I don't know. <laughs> I do not know. But that whole thing where any kind of addictive, and, and that's the thing, most experts agree that Sugar will is can be considered almost an addictive substance. I don't think there's not conclusive evidence because most of them are animal studies. They won't come out and say sugar is addictive. But when you look at what addiction is and how when you have a behavior that releases a lot of dopamine in the brain, it's like a short time high. And you want to repeat that behavior mm-hmm. because it makes you feel happy, right? And the, but the the body compensates. so when if you repeat the behavior, the body will start releasing less dopamine. So people have to do it more often and increase the frequency and even the uh, the amount of food that they're taking in to get that same effect. So in that way it can be considered addictive.
0: Right. so mm-hmm. essentially it's okay the fact that it's worse than cocaine in terms of its addictive nature, is is crazy in itself?
1: Well, remember that's an animal study, so you, mm-hmm. so you can only take it so far. So definitely more research needs to be done, but definitely you do see people. Really, there is a truth that if you when you eat less sugar, you will crave it less.
0: Interesting. What do you mean by that?
1: If you if you reduce the amount of sugar in your diet. And you're not relying on that. Like people who want to lose weight, for example, and they said, well, I'm going to cut out calories. I'm going to cut out sugar because usually if you cutting out co- calories, there's a connection, right? And so you're cutting out that sugar and you're having less sugar. You're not training your brain to keep wanting that, wine. that. So eventually you do. You it Really what we eat is what we end up craving. Mm. So, so oh, how does that? So sometimes sorry, it's go ahead to start on a a new food plan, for example, like you really want to work hard and eat healthier. And even those little steps are all going to help uh, whatever it is that you're doing to, uh, to improve your, the quality of your diet. So all those things that you're doing, the things that you're eating initially, it might be difficult. Like, well, I've never really, I don't eat so many fruits and vegetables, for example, Mm -hmm. but when you start eating them and eating healthier, Then you start enjoying those foods more that really, I think there is a brain connection to where those things, I don't, we feel better when we eat better.
0: We do. We genuinely do.
1: Yeah. So, but really, but that correlation with sugar, when you eat less sugar, you start craving it less.
0: So how about withdrawal? Because I know a lot of people have withdrawal when it comes to trying to cut out sugar and the withdrawal symptoms are so strong that they just go back into it.
1: Yeah, it, it can be difficult. It really can be difficult. So small steps. But with sugar, there's a lot of ways to um, to try to get that sugar out. You could do different things. But it's good to have an action plan uh, for when those cravings come because they will come. Is to... Uh, Try to replace it. For example, like with fruit, it's sweet, but it also has all the fiber in it. It has all the vitamins and minerals. It's a healthy option. We'll feel better to try to satisfy that craving with something that's healthier. Then the other thing is really having. Um, there's lots of different behaviors we can do to try. Accountability is important. Mm-hmm, of uh, course. Yeah. And then also one of the other things you can do is sleep's very important. There's, there's a lot of research that's showing that those who uh, don't, that are sleep deprived, you actually have more intense cravings for sweet things. So actually really? getting nine hours of sleep is really helpful also. So that's
0: that, super interesting. Our,
1: our bodies are so connected. a One thing affects another and it just keeps going right. on. So all those things are really important. But really,
0: that's, a, that's so interesting.
1: Maybe having a, a list of alternate activities, like when you have that sugar craving, what can you do instead? Because that's, that's temporary. If you can kind of ride out that craving, you're going to be okay. If you can just divert your attention to something else. So those divertive tactics can be really helpful as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I like what you said there with a having a backup plan and B even just distracting yourself um, mm-hmm. I had I had a client who every single time she wanted to eat her candy instead she would go on a short walk by the time <laughs> she got back she no longer wanted to eat her candy
1: exactly just ride it out and, and mm-hmm. then too a lot of times people will eat for emotional reasons and they don't want to face whatever. So they want that high to track themselves from bad feelings or even boredom right. or whatever it is. So if you, if, if people will commit to riding it out, experiencing those emotions and knowing those emotions aren't bad and right. riding it out, it will, it you will get to the other side without having to eat.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause I think I mean, there emotionally
1: are who with those emotional, if there's if their wounds that are deep enough, I mean, there are it, some of us need to have counseling and it's perfectly wonderful. So if if all those diverted tactics and writing it out really doesn't work and there's deeper things and someone feels like they're more of an emotional eater, it's good to reach out for help.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I think that's difficult because a lot of people pour their emotions into food and specifically like you said sweet things it it lights up the dopamine the reward system of our brain oh yeah when they feel like they need it most yes so question is there a way that we can reduce our sugar intake while we're still enjoying sweet foods
1: yeah oh yeah definitely Uh, let me So I think one of the things you can do is again enjoy fruit instead,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then I think there is a place too, especially when you're initially starting and making small changes. Uh, sweeteners are considered a, on the whole a safe substitute. Anything in moderation is good. Moderations, gotcha. good. Uh, yeah, because there are some things like, uh, for example, like stevia. It's very intense sweetness, so there is some concern with, of course, uh, having that intense sweet flavor will actually kick in the desire to have more sweet things, even though it has less carbs, less calories, it doesn't have any. Mm-hmm. But the other thing about that too is it's kind of showing that that can affect our gut microbiota. So. Maybe it's not the best thing to do. So, just the using like the sucralose, maybe um, is a good step just to, for those small changes. The other thing too is that um, food labels, and you know, sometimes when they update the food label, it's like, well, this is actually more confusing. But the 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 most updated food label, I think, I'm actually I actually really like it, because it it differentiates between the carbohydrate how much sugar it contains, but then it has that added sugar. And I think that that is a really helpful tool if people will just look at different labels. So if you're comparing products, like, well, I'm really, I'm going to eat this anyway, but how can I choose a product that has less sugar? You can look at that added sugar bar and it's very clear how many added, how many added grams of sugar there are. So you can make a good choice, like whether it's granola or, or basically anything you can look and and pick the lower sugar option. So I think that's really helpful. Uh, the other thing too, again, everything in moderation. So if you're someone who really like, I really, really want that can of Coke that has that 39 grams of sugar in it, it, just say, okay, I'm going to enjoy that Coke, but I'm not going to have it every day. I'm going to have it every other day. Okay. So those types of things where you're thinking, you're not depriving yourself, you're going to enjoy it, but not, just not every day. Because our bodies are not made to have all that sugar every day. Mm-hmm. It's just like you said, really it's recommended to have only so many grams of sugar and people are consuming a lot more sugar than- Than we should be. Yeah, that. And, and, and then too, just with, um, there's a lot of things that sugar does in our bodies. Uh, it, it's not, doesn't, doesn't contribute to obesity. It also is, there's a link between the sugar we consume and what we call hyperinsulinemia, which just means there's a lot of insulin, there's, two, there's a lot more than we would expect because our bodies are made to, you know, we eat food, it breaks it down, and those, all the carbohydrate containing foods break down and they the energy goes where it's supposed to go. And our body says we need to take care of this sugar, right? Mm-hmm. So our pancreas releases insulin, which is the hormone that goes. And ho- insulin does a lot of things in our body, all over our body. It's not just related to, you know, we think of insulin with diabetes, right? But it does things all over our body, everywhere. So insulin. It, when we eat constant sugar then our pancreas has to put out more insulin more insulin more insulin to where our bodies there's something happening called insulin resistance where our body comes resistant to that insulin and that insulin basically goes in and it there's receptors and when they connect it opens up to where the sugar can go and where be put where it needs to for our energy needs because we need, we need a certain amount of sugar, carbohydrate. Of course. That's how our bodies were designed. But we're inundating it with sugar. And really, it's kind of astounding because the, the rate now, if you look at people with hyperinsulinemia, too much insulin, they're showing it's almost 50% of our population here in the United States. It really is almost 50% of people wow. have too much insulin, which shows they're having too much sugar.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a question. Yes. Um, so you mentioned going to the grocery store looking at the added sugar label and getting one with less sugar yeah. so what if what if they are replacing the sugar with some kind of artificial sweetener or some kind of chemicals or something like that?
1: Well everything has if you even look at the um, ingredient label for a, just a normal egg I mean everything's made out of chemicals so you can't, but we're talking about the artificial things really? I mean, that's why sugar is in moderation good, but to cut it down, really those sweeteners are not, um, they're not a bad first step to take to try to cut down Mm -hmm. those calories. I said everything in moderation. So if you're looking at something like the sucralose ones or, um, ones that have sugar alcohols are pretty good although that there's a danger in that and that it causes gas and bloating in a lot of people so we don't want to overdo them. Mm-hmm. so what about aspartame aspartame is still out there and really in in moderation it's okay it's considered okay
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the position hey, so- academy of nutrition and dietetics uh their position paper even states that in in moderation because a lot of those studies that kind of show uh, throw a bad light are again they're all animal studies so more research mm. than, them but they've done more and more research and showing it's not really uh hasn't been linked to any um it hasn't been considered a risk after all the years. So so, over all the years and it's been around a long time
0: Mm-hmm. So essentially, everything in moderation is the moral of the story. yeah,
1: and it's funny because people always want that quick fix. You know, even on online, you see those commercials you lose forty five pounds in fifteen days.
0: Like, what are you guys I, doing? What? That's
1: even if that's possible, it's not, if that was possible, it's not healthy. It's not good. That's not the way to do it. And really, we always come back to and there's so many things I said. You know, no exercise. And exercise is so important. Physical activity is extremely important. Right. And so it's a big big flag if it's a lot of weight loss really quick. If it says you don't need to exercise, well, just for our well being and our long longevity, exercise physical activity is extremely important. So that's a big red. Flag. Right. It's not good. So does
0: does exercise affect your insulin sensitivity?
1: Oh, that's a good question. It, I believe it does. I have to look at more of the research, but yeah, I mean, it's all it, exercise does so many things in our bodies. Right.
0: There are so, so many benefits to exercising. And yeah. I think I've seen even exercise research with Alzheimer's, with dementia, definitely with diabetes, with all kinds of diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Question for you. <laughs> what... Are some common misconceptions about sugar and its effects on the body? I'm sure. I'm sure you have a lot of these.
1: Yeah, there's quite. There are quite a few. Well, I mean, really, uh, like I said, researchers, um, no, none. Of the experts will say that sugar points to the addiction and in, in the ways we talked about, it is addictive. But to say it's an addictive substance, I, a lot of the experts will not just come out and say for sure it is. But mm-hmm. that whole process. And that's the good news. Like I said, if we reduce the amount of sugar, we will start craving it less.
0: Really? That, okay. That is, so what else is there?
1: Um, there's. It's funny. We always say sugar makes every uh, children hyperactive.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so and most moms and teachers would agree <laughs> that that is definitely true. But when uh, JAMA did a study, it was in 1995, they combined the data from 23 experiments over up 16 different experimental models and they showed that that's not really true that it really didn't affect that activity level or the performance level of children. So that is really? yeah, surprisingly they found there was no significant clinical evidence that that actually did that.
0: So is it a placebo thing or what's going on? I don't
1: on? I don't know. I don't know. Children are active and you know they <laughs> But but they did they did they found that. And I know that us moms we'd really have a hard time believing that. But <laughs> and then there's a lot of people say, you know, sugar causes diabetes, sugar causes cavity, sugar causes cancer. And really it's it's not and, and indirectly, you know, you can see those effects that they do contribute to that, but you can't say they cause them because it's it's not a primary effect. It's not a direct effect. So you're talking about sugar causing for example cancers that's really not true but it contributes to obesity which contributes to some cancers so there is an indirect effect of the cavities the sugar is not what causes the cavity it's when you eat a sugary food that bacteria that's eating that sugar and the byproduct of the acid that's um, eroding the tooth enamel is the problem um sugar causing diabetes diabetes yeah i mean so i said you can't say that that's a you know direct effect but all obviously we know that that is a contributor to that hyperinsulinemia it's a contributor to obesity which both of those things are connected um to diabetes
0: Mm -hmm. so it's not the sugar itself but it is an indirect pathway that leads to many other things
1: yes It is. It is. Mm -hmm. And then one of the big things is avoiding fruit. People say, I'm going to get rid of all the carbohydrates in my, you know, I'm getting rid of all the sugar. There's a lot of naturally containing foods that have sugar, natural sugars and fruit is one of the big ones, but fruit is rich in phytochemicals that help our bodies in different ways. God put them in there for a reason. Right. So many fruits. And then the fiber, and fiber is really important to keep us healthy and to help us feel full. And so when you eat a piece of fruit rather than a sugary dessert, for example, you're going to feel fuller for longer because you have that fiber in there. And then it's rich in things exactly. and minerals that our bodies need. They need those vitamins. So really it's not a good thing to say, I'm gonna get rid of all. That's why um the, like the low-carb diets have their place to correct things quickly, but it's not a long-term solution for sure. It's not sustainable, but it's really not healthy because you're getting rid of those fruits that really are very helpful to our bodies. And then the other thing, too, is uh, other, other carbohydrate-containing foods. For example, dairy products. Dairy products are rich in—I know some people, you really have a problem with dairy— there's alternatives for people who need that alternative, but really dairy is rich in a lot of nutrients that we can, it's hard to get in other places. So, it, okay. and dairy is also, it's, it's rich in um, the calcium, for our bones, for children's growth. Um, so really, and, and then even like, for example, with the DASH diet, the dietary approaches to stop hypertension, Low-fat dairy is a, an integral part of that food plan, and that's been shown over the years to be a healthy eating plan, a pattern for, for our lives. And one of those components is because there, there are um, minerals in milk that help us control our blood pressure. So mm. there's a lot of things in dairy that, that uh, and, and dairy has natural sugar in it that will be broken down. The other thing is, all your carbohydrate-containing foods, all of them. You can't. You can look at calories or calories, but when you're looking at a carbohydrate-containing food, there are those simple, the ultra-processed foods, which are not going to have that much nutritional value. They're just giving you calories and sugar and salt and fat, and not always, not really the healthy fats. Because there's a lot of healthy fats mm-hmm. out there. That, that, like I said, that some of the healthy eating plans they're high in fat. But those people are living longer, they're not fat, they have lower rates of heart disease. So it's really that, the kind of fat that we're consuming.
0: But with- mm-hmm. I mean, fat's essential, right? Fat makes up parts of our cell membrane, Except- fat makes up so much of our body. So our
1: brain is what, 70% fat? I mean, we-
0: Yeah, We
1: really do. So mm-hmm. with all of that, um, it's really important not to just get rid of those foods. The complex carbohydrates, those things like the whole grains,
0: mm-hmm.
1: those things, fruits have those those complex carbs, but the fruit will break down quickly. But vegetables that those uh, fibrous connections, as our body breaks it down, it doesn't cause so much of a blood spike in blood sugar. Even some of the fruits, and we're all individual. Like you, if one person eats a piece of fruit another piece person eats a piece of fruit, their rate of the blood sugar in their blood, it, it, the glucose level in their blood will, will vary upon individuals. And they're seeing that as people mm-hmm. are wearing more like the diabetics who are tracking constantly, you can kind of see some of the things that they think would cause a spike don't. So really that's an individual thing. But that being said, as we break down those carbohydrates, those things have the fiber and other things that our bodies need. So right. it's not good. You can't just get rid of all the sugar. It's it's a kind of sugar. Mm-hmm. those those highly processed foods, things that don't give you uh, any really much nutritional value at all are those things that should be just enjoyed on occasion instead of all. On occasion. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Something that bothered me. Um, I'm sure you've had someone, someone like this too. I had a prospective client come to me and they told me that someone told them to hop on keto, cut out all carbs, all fruits, all vegetables from their diet. I'm like, what do you do? You need these. This is a macronutrient. You need your carbohydrates.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it really bothers me. And it's not sustainable over a long period of time.
0: Not at all. But
1: I will say, though, now, I'm not a component of the keto, but really- there's a lot of different approaches to food management diet patterns the way people eat uh, even like if you someone wants to lose weight they have different approaches and really the one that the best diet is one that works for that person
0: exactly I love saying that yeah
1: and so but with the keto I will say if someone finds themselves like you go to the doctor and you get that that news wow you're pre-diabetic now to straighten out you can you can straighten out that pretty quickly by maybe doing the keto, but I'm talking about like for two weeks.
0: Long term. Two weeks. You're, and then you're But to do it long term, what's going to happen? Yeah.
1: So you do it for just a very short amount of time and then you need to go to a healthy eating pattern. Exactly. So that that can actually straighten out those blood sugars pretty quickly, but it's gonna just get right back where it was unless you change the way you eat. But like I said, the keto is not mm-hmm. healthy for a long term and it kind of breaks my heart. I actually, I knew someone who, who went on that and she already struggled with so many health issues and she ended up um, getting cancer. And I mean, I do really say that that's because, but really we're, we're recommending five a day. You know, fruits and vegetables, because people really seem to have a hard time getting fruits and vegetables, which they're filling, they they make you feel better, they're really good. Uh, I don't understand why people don't love them more, to be honest.
0: Maybe, I think maybe the problem is how expensive they're getting. Unfortunately, but...
1: yeah. Unfortunately, the cost can be prohibitive. Mm-hmm. But even things like buying buying fruit in season instead of the out-of-season one, mm-hmm. that can help with cost. Uh If frozen, frozen is actually a really good option. If you find a frozen fruit or vegetable, because a lot of times, like when they're picking the fruit and they're putting it in boxes, they're shipping it. It's losing some of its nutritional content, but with the frozen, they basically take it and they flash freeze it and it retains those nutrients. So some of that has more of that nutrient content, um, preserved. So frozen is actually a good, but really, It is price can be uh, prohibitive, but there are are ways to kind of try to figure out how to get more. And Mm -hmm. but with that, but even like the American Cancer Society, they're like 10 a day because there's phyto really in fruits and vegetables that actually that the antioxidant effect that will protect us from certain cancers. So I'm like, sugar does not cause cancer, really obesity does. But it's important to have those those phytochemicals. I mean, God put them in there for a reason.
0: I mean, right. Yeah. Right. And I, I, love, I love how you mentioned how God put those in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're comparing our man-made sugar with God-made sugar, like the candy, you're getting no nutritional value out of it. It's not going to help your body do anything. Yeah. And you're going to just crash after. That fruit, that grain, whatever it is, not only does it taste fantastic, but it was literally made by God. That is manufactured by God. Tastes fantastic. Has so much nutritional value, vitamins, minerals, like you're saying. It's amazing. Yes,
1: it
0: is. I love that. All right. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to share? I think I'm out of questions.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's anything else. Um, yeah. I, the One of the other things, and like I said, there's more research um needs to be done about what the specific pathway, this hyperinsulinemia, the insulin resistance is. But it really, it is closely linked to, they're they're really, the theory is, and there's some evidence pointing to it, and I can't wait to find out more of the research, but they're seeing that that is an atherosclerotic process, which is inflammatory process in our body. So mm-hmm. with all of that, when we become insulin resistant, which I said it is linked to hyperinsulinemia, which when we consume sugar, our body keeps putting insulin, 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 insulin all the time. Then what happens is our body becomes less sensitive to it. So there are some things with that that they're seeing with that hyperinsulinemic state, that insulin resistance. Is they're seeing for there's a lot of things, but I'm I will mainly want to talk about the the brain connection, the brain connection. One of the things with the brain is that one of the jobs of insulin is to go, it crosses our blood brain barrier and it goes to that center of brain that says we're full, It's satiety. It helps us know when we're full and we can stop eating. Mm. In this state, it somehow blocks that process to where the insulin cannot get Cross the blood-brain barrier, so people are in that place where it is like a vicious loop with the obesity, where they're in this state, and then they can't feel full. Insulin can no right. longer get in there and say, "Hey, you're full. Let's stop eating." So people actually and so they'll overeat. Eat. They want to eat because they don't feel full. So that's one thing that's happening. The other thing with the atherosclerotic process, we know about heart disease. How the, it, and that causes dyslipidemia, which causes the damage, you know, where, which leads to, to heart disease, right? And heart attack, strokes, all those things. But that's also going on in our brain. And they're actually seeing really? brains of people with Alzheimer's, these amyloid plaques. And it's kind of similar. Like you think about those plaques that you find in our blood vessels, right? That are in mm-hmm. heart disease that get, cause to keep preparing the damage to where there's a blockage and then you have a heart attack or you have a stroke. They're actually seeing these amyloid plaques in the brain of Alzheimer's. That's how they diagnose it. That's one of the diagnostic features of it. So they're actually seeing these amyloid plaques in the brain of Alzheimer's. And the the, the supposition is, I mean, they're really that insulin resistance is contributing even to Alzheimer's. Wow So those are big things it, it really I mean there's so much stuff going on with all of those things and I mean I could go I I can go on and on about like did sugars contribute to obesity and then you see obesity you know or sugar, all that stuff happening and then diabetes, right And then diabetes is associated with Alzheimer's. they're closely linked, really? They're, show, they're actually saying there's almost a type 3 diabetes. It's a brain diabetes. And they're showing that people with diabetes, they have a 65% more chance risk of developing Alzheimer's. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's a that's a big, a much bigger risk than uh, the general population.
1: Huge. It's huge, yeah. So really, there's a lot of re- good reasons to reduce the amount of sugar because it's not just I'm going to enjoy this food and we consume so much of it just so much sugar's not bad but it needs to be done in moderation
0: we right sugar's delicious but it's that too much of a good thing's a bad thing exactly
1: all the sugary foods let it be an occasional you know save it for don't buy those and that's another good strategy about not eating sugar don't buy.
0: keep it in the house
1: don't spend your money on that spend your money on the fruit spend your money on the vegetables Spend, spend your money on healthy mm-hmm. snacks, right? And then when you go out occasionally or like that Friday night where you're gonna have ice cream with your family, enjoy it but mm-hmm. enjoy it once in a while. Don't buy it all the time. don't have it in the house. The other thing people could right. do um, the amount of sugar that they consume is buy, buy something that's um, unsweetened. get have your iced tea and then sweeten it yourself. Or get your plain right. yogurt and sweeten it yourself. That type of thing. Honey. O- oatmeal. All those things. Get the plain
0: yeah,
1: and sweeten it yourself. Then you control how much sugar, what type of sugar you're putting in. And
0: right. the, 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 you're not forced to have 40 grams of sugar. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So that's something that people can do as well to, to help with that.
0: Mm-hmm. You, went to, you you. mentioned something where you just don't keep something in the house. I had a friend who uh, – this was a really good idea. Him and his, his wife said, okay, we're not going to keep any snacks in the house, uh, sugary snacks, whatever it is. But with that being said, there's a gas station one mile away, like a kilometer and a half away. If you want something, feel free to walk. Walk to the gas station, eat it there, and then come back.
1: Yeah. See, that that right? solution. The other thing, too, is what I worked um, as a WIC dietitian for many years. Mm-hmm. As part of my career, and and the moms are like, well, you know, these three year olds are helping themselves the refrigerator. They know where the <laughs> are, right? And I would just say, you know, you realize you're in control, mom, right? You're in control. I said, D- does she have her own pocket money? Does she go to the store and buy these things? You don't have. Them.
0: <laughs> That's so funny.
1: You don't have to have them, you know. And I try not to take your kid to the supermarket. You know that I. I
0: Oh, they're going to go crazy.
1: And I still remember in Michigan, I, I thought, this is a pure stroke of evil genius. They rearranged their store, the gro- our local grocery store. I went in one day and they had to rearrange things. The aisle that had all the toddler and kid stuff, the diapers, the formula, all this stuff. had candy. The other side was all this junk food. You know, so when you go down that aisle to get your child's whatever they're going to see all those things and you know mom can i have this exactly. mom can i have this exactly so just just you know not buying those things and not having them available it's it's a huge thing then when you really want something you have to make an effort to go out and get it you will reduce the amount even even if you're sound for a little bit you know and you, someday maybe that can help you ride out that craving <laughs> To where you realize,
0: I'm right. going
1: to go to the store. I don't want to do this. I'm going to do this instead. And then you feel better. And then you feel victorious, too, because you didn't give in. And the more you don't give in, the more you don't want it.
0: Right. right. That's amazing. It's kind of like facing a temptation. Because it's hard. It's hard to stop temptation. But the the more you rely on God's strength and you realize that your temptation kind of sucks, sin kind of sucks, the less you want to do oh, yeah. it.
1: Yes. Nice. But, uh, yes so reading the crisis set us free
0: exactly yeah. uh, so kind of concluding i guess if you could take one thing away from this episode it's not that sugar is bad and you should stop having sugar because your body's your body needs sugar your body needs glucose mm-hmm. but like you said everything in moderation you don't overdo it, don't abuse it, yeah. but still enjoy it, especially, and, and set boundaries in place for yourself, if, especially if you know you can't control how much you eat in one sitting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: hmm Nice. All right. Well, I'm really super, super thankful that you were able to join us today, Diane, all the way from Alaska. What time is it for you right now?
1: Oh, it is almost 10 o'clock.
0: Okay, good. We didn't wake you up too, too early in the morning. <laughs> All right, I'm super, super thankful and I'm really glad that you were able to join us. And I'm hoping that those who are listening got to learn something super insightful about sugar. And catch us next time on the Healthy Christian Project. Talk soon.